te matar, hein? Pra ele me matar, ele vai mexer comigo. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Lee Carlo and I am here with just Jeremy Fisk, no Chapin Hemingway, Finally. for only the second time uh, ever we're missing dad and uh, we're trying uh, to make trying to make things work here. I think my mic is plugged in. He said something about levels and emailing Do you think we got files. some... Uh... Some super fans that could tell us the other podcast that he missed. <clears throat> oh, that would be great if you email us at getyourfilmfixpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what is the other podcast that Chapin missed and the, the movie bon- we discussed. The bonus is why. And why. Then we'll we'll send you a prize. Yep. For sure. Right? Definitely. Uh, or a good one. Uh, well, a prize. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, we are going to be going back to the year 2002 again, um, and we don't have a lot more time to do this and do an, do these 20-year revisits for the, for 2002 because, believe it or not, it is almost October, which I always kind of consider the unofficial start of Fixie season. Um, right. We're planning to do Blonde next, which comes out on Netflix on Wednesday. Today's Monday. So, you know, we're getting into those movies, so we may not be able to go back and look at some of these 20-year-old movies anymore for the rest of this year. Um, and we're going to look at City of God, Fernando Mireles's, um gangster epic of sorts. Uh, it was nominated for four Oscars in 2002. Um, very critically acclaimed movie. It's one of IMDb's top 250 movies. It's number 23. Um, so this is a, a well-liked well-reviewed, um, well-rewarded movie from 2002. And a lot of those that we've discussed from 2002, I don't know that we really felt deserved it. Chicago comes to mind. Um, and then we looked at a movie like Adaptation, which was absent and from the Oscars and didn't get a lot of those accolades, and we love that movie. So I'm interested to see where this one falls. Um we are also going to semi-introduce um, some new segments into the podcast today that came uh, recommended from uh, a listener. Uh, Jeremy, would you like to share who that listener was? Oh, I thought we came up with it, Lee. That, that's what I was going to say. It, yeah. was, it was you and me yeah. uh, putting our heads together. Putting our heads and... together, also known as Sarah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so she sent over some ideas... Um, really just kind of some thing, some other things for us to talk about and incorporate into our discussion on the movies. Um, you know, some of them we'll get to today. They won't all be applicable to every movie. They won't all be applicable to every podcast. Um, and we'll, but we'll work some in today and little by little, we'll get into more of those, um, and see how that works. But we thought it was a good idea and we thought it'd be fun to work some of these in. So, um, we're going to start with the old fashioned segment, which is, I'm going to ask you a question about this movie. Um, mm-hmm. City of God is well. First, what have how many? Is this the second time you've ever seen this, or have you seen it more than that, or what? Uh, I was. That's an excellent question because 
I had seen it once, not when it first came out, but like really close to that. But I might as well have not seen it at all because I don't, I didn't remember almost anything from this movie. Like it was basically a new watch for me. So I felt that way on my second viewing, which was probably a year, year and a half ago. And I wonder why. But we can get into that. And then this time around, you know, I'd, I'd remembered a little bit. But yes, that is a point that I want to get into about this movie. Now, to give everybody a little bit of an idea, this is a movie that takes place in Rio de Janeiro in a town called the City of God. Um, and it follows basically two characters, one nicknamed Rocket uh, and another uh, nicknamed Little Z. Um, and some surrounding characters as well that are part of the gang culture Um and the gang wars that take place in this city in in um uh, in and around Rio de Janeiro and it's based on a true story and from what i've read it is very very true to what it is like to live there grow up there and be a part of this culture now this movie is captured in an incredibly visceral way um, the cinematography is one of the things that was nominated for an Oscar, and it really, really stands out. Now, without getting too much into that with my question, I want to send it over to you and ask, what is this movie to you beyond the, its visceral nature? Or is that enough? Or is that all it is? Are you or, talking about just like the storytelling of it or like, yeah, where does that stand? Where does that rank? Like, cause for me, this movie is, I mean, we'll talk about some of its other aspects, but it's all feel and all visuals and all the intensity that is coming from the camera work and the direction and the way that this film is shot and captured. And I'm wondering how that is for you. Is that the thing that stands out? Is that really the only thing that this movie needs to be successful I mean, I think this movie has it all, though. That's the thing. It's like, I can't really pinpoint... Like, I think the story is there. That story of Rocket is emotionally, uh, you know, grabbing. Like, you care about what happens to him, but you also are sort of fascinated with the world. It's a new world, but it's also a gangster world, which you, like, sort of uh, touches back to the movies we loved back in, the you know, the Goodfellas and stuff like that. It definitely is... It definitely is getting some of its influence from those movies, but it's, but it's something completely different. That's why I think this movie is so interesting. It's like, yes, it's a gangster movie, but it's sort of a different type of gangster movie. It's more of what we would call like a a narcos or something now. But when it came out, I think that's so unique and like showing us Americans, like a a completely sort of different world, a, uh, a way of life that is, is completely different for than anything we could really kind of grasp and understand, which I think might go back to my original point of like why I d- didn't remember it is because it may have been so foreign to me that it didn't stick. Um, watching it this time, on the other hand, I, I, I was sort of blown away by its audacity and its storytelling ability, plus its... It, 
its stylistic choices, which I think could have gone terribly wrong by trying to overstylize something like this. But it it was just fun. Like whenever the camera was moving, even though you it was a show me sort of moment, you're still like, whoa, that's still just like raw filmmaking. And yeah. I love it. And I so that's the interesting part for me is that I always remember how this movie looks and its intensity and how gripping that cinematography is and just the style and stylistic nature of the storytelling and all of that and all the choices that, you know, Mireles and um, Cesar Shalom, fixing nominee Cesar Shalom, make with this movie. That, that never left me. But like you, up until my second viewing, I, I didn't remember anything about this story. And that was probably a year and a half ago that I watched it. Now, I watched it last week, and I was surprised at how little of that story I remembered again. And so that's what sort of led me to that question, is that, is this a good movie with a good story, but ultimately a forgettable one with a really, really, you know, well-made movie kind of covering it? I mean, to be honest, I mean, we've been trying to do this podcast for, what, a month now almost? Yeah. And Are some things slipping? Like, <laughs> like, I haven't seen it in whenever we decided to first watch it, and I, it's already a little bit. I'm losing like the thread of the story, and I wonder if that is just because it's, it's, it's. How do you describe it? It's kind of like, it's kind of like watching a lightning storm. You don't really, you might not remember individual. Uh, bursts of lightning but you remember the whole thing and it's sort of an awe hmm so that's an interesting comparison i mean what i think is interesting is that like you know rocket and his desire to be a photographer first of all that's one of the more memorable pieces but it's also actually not as big a storyline as i remembered it being mm-hmm what I but, completely but forgot, emotional and I always forget, center. is the jump, the timeline jumps in this movie, and the different kind of chapters. Mm-hmm. And those again, I can't even name all those chapters again because I think that some of them aren't just aren't as important as that story of Rocket, and like it's also not as interesting as his story, and like seeing him be a part of this world, and like he wants to get out of it, but it's not that cliched. I got to get out of here, like this world is going to kill me kind of story. It's it's much more like, I, I love that line where he's, <clears throat> towards the end, he's at the, uh, the newspaper or the magazine offices and they tell him to go back and get more pictures and he says he can't go back there because he'll get killed. And he's right. just, he doesn't say it like, necessarily like, like this don't make me go back exactly yeah. like it's, it's just like, like hey, this just, is the yeah. world i live in like do you understand yeah. what you're asking me to do and i think that story is so fascinating that all some of these other chapters i just cared a little bit less about and they all do kind of tie together and they're all important but i mean i think that's part is, of the reason that so much of this story leaves me i remember yeah, I the agree. important pieces but i kind of like it too because it makes it the, the ultimate rewatchable movie. I, oh, yeah. I had a I had a fucking blast watching this. Like, and I was just dumbstruck sometimes by how much this sort of transported me and the the filmmaking in it. Just you know, every once in a while, you you get to watch one of those raw filmmaking movies where 
sort of transports you back to when you fell in love with the the craft of it. And this was one of them. Uh, I agree. I couldn't quite tell you every timeline and how where it was, but I was never confused. It was not like I was ever confused. It was no. like my my brain was trying to process it and keep up, so I sort of got rid of the last stuff to stay with it. But it's still it such does, a fun movie to watch. It actually does a really great job of introducing you to all these characters and allowing you to know who they are and remembering them in each right. scene and who's friends with who. And I think, you know, despite all everything that we're saying about whether or not all these chapters are important, you know, it's it's really great when you, you know, see a scene with Little Z and Benny or you see a scene with with Rocket and, you know, his his brother early on or or whoever. Yeah. It's, and I think that like you're that, you're put in a place very easily. Right. And, and that Benny character, I think the, the filmmakers did a good job of of even though this movie is about people doing pretty awful things in a world where life seems to matter very little. They're all pretty human, yeah. They do a pretty good job of keeping uh, you engaged in their stories and their hu- humanity, which I think is like hard to do, but I think it also friendships is... friendships and stuff. Yeah, like it's, friendship. so, it's so but fascinating. I, like I bet that's what it's like living in that world. It's like you, it's day-to-day. You care about who you care about. You, you can't care about everyone. Um you know, you're you're able to sort of put other human life to to the you know like it doesn't matter at at certain moments, and then certain human life is it becomes really important to you, and it's I don't know, it just does a good job with all that in in, in such a uh, stylistic and interesting way, and I think a big part of that has to do with its the raw location of it, really, and we can get to that. But I think that has a huge part in well, this. Well, let's do it. So this is one of our first uh, new segments, which is uh, where we um, hand things over to Jeremy's location corner. And this can be any number of things. This can be kind of Jeremy's perspective on the locations in the movie, um, if it's something he's more familiar with and the, where they shot um, on a movie maybe that was filmed in Boston or with a movie that he was on or anything like that. Uh, we have an opportunity to hear from... Uh, a location normally, manager on what uh normally what, i think this segment's going to be me complaining about how hard that must have been to do which we oftentimes have anyway right but i find that stuff interesting because you you bring up kind of the like the nitty gritty of what makes a shot so beautiful or like something like that where you say oh my god that was an overnight and we had to set up like 400 lights or whatever and right. <laughs> had to close close four city blocks or whatever it is to, to just get, get this shot. like 10 second shot. But what I like about this is I can't really, again, relate to it. I don't know what the, the, what rules there are, what the rules were, but what I am very impressed with is just how integrated they got the camera into the city. Uh, a lot of these people are not real actors. Almost mm-hmm. all of them at that point, they're not real actors. It's, not documentary style, although they must have shot it pretty simplistically, although not all these shots are very simplistic. They're very stylistic, as we've mentioned. Um, but 
they do such a great job of just bringing you into this city and into this world uh, that you've never seen before. Well, and I, I, have I, some I was information so on that stuff too. So they they did shoot in um, kind of the same area, actual slums. Um, right, but they couldn't shoot the city in the of actual... God. They couldn't shoot in the actual city of God. It was too dangerous. Um, which tells you just about everything you need to know about this this movie. Um, yeah. Also, like you mentioned, the casting, a lot of people who weren't actual actors. Um, uh, Shalone and Mireles worked with some of the actors to have them control the cameras in some situations. So they were they, their POV shots and such were them actually holding the camera. Um, and like, like there was also like... some improvisation that was going on too to kind of create that authenticity, I think. It just oh. it just felt so authentic that I'm just like shocked that there was was there call sheets to people get, you know like did they get how did they get everyone together how many times did maybe somebody didn't show up and they had to improvise and do a different scene or try something else like it just seems like it's it was so true I don't know. to I life think, that but you it can just been... see I think that these especially some of these key actors you can see their understanding of the world that's being captured. And I maybe that is just something that you can't get from an actor that's never right. been in that that environment. But I mean, their greatest they also, actors can do stuff like that, but they you never they never felt like they were acting either. They no, felt no, like no. you know like and I think that has to, a lot of that credit has to go to the direction of this movie to be able to communicate what you're trying to get across on screen in this environment that seems antithetical to getting what you need yeah in some way in some ways not in every way but in some ways and i think that makes like this and this is kind of lends to why i asked that opening question is that like this movie in so many ways despite you know amateur actors you know um gritty kind of on the ground filmmaking you know, I, I it's weird, like, you never know when you see a movie like this whether the director shot listed or storyboarded any of it or if it's just sort of like a let's see what we get kind of production. And I think that makes it just, like, incredibly cinematic. And yeah, it's like, here's a good, here's a good comparison. Like, let's, let's think back to the scene where Benny gets shot. Mm-hmm. in the dance club and there's like a disco it's a very similar to the scene to a scene in collateral yeah yeah i was thinking the same thing yeah. very similar when you watch this in collateral you're at the club you can you there's as frenetic as it is and how and cool and paced as it is there's a there's a structure to it there's tom cruise the biggest movie star of all time there you know that these are all extras they're in the room you can see you can see michael mann's vision on the screen yeah Yeah. you know how like he's trying to this i think you literally could have been in a club with a disco and then he, they just tell people, Hey, by the way, when we're going to do this, everybody just run or something. Like Funny I, I you don't brought that know. scene up because that scene oddly is like the most, I don't know what's a term to use storyboarded. Like that's the mo- scene that maybe is the most scripted. Right. Like so much of the rest of this movie is just like, what was this? What was the screenplay? Like how many pages a day did they shoot? Like, it's just such a, yeah, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall behind the scenes of this movie because not it, actually on it. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> want to be on this movie. Yeah, so I don't want to be anything anywhere to do it. But um, it it does it it 
it begs those questions, um, which I think ultimately made for a a better movie, right? Like it's the it's it's kind of going back to like the Scorsese Mean Streets. It's like when you don't have when you're kind of running gun and you're just doing it. There's there's an authentic authentic authenticity. Thank you, and uh, rawness to it um, that is hard to stage. Yeah. So another question segment that we have is asking the most cinematically satisfying moment. Um, a better way to be to put this would be. Um, is there any cinematic jerk-off material in this movie? And that's that's the thing. There is, which is almost the exact argument against what I j- literally just said. It's because it's hard to have those sort of cinematic jerk-off Paul Thomas Anderson, Quentin Tarantino mo- moments in a movie that's sort of run and gun and raw and authentic. It's different in this. It's, and I'll it, tell you what my moment is. And right, it's ba- Because we're calling it a cinematic jerk-off moment, it makes me sound kind of sick. But the scene, and I, this is another one of the few things that I remember from viewing to viewing, the scene when they're forcing the kid to pick the kid to kill. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, that's a rough an scene. Incredible scene. And not just the intensity of the action that's unfolding on screen, but that kid that is crying, yeah. who's probably seven. And I don't six, know how they got seven, that performance i, I, I don't him, even want to know sh- maybe they shot him in the foot yeah <laughs> yeah um so that scene is just like does everything a movie is supposed to do you stop in your tracks you are like this and you're thinking the whole time because the amazing thing about this movie is that like all of these characters are at the oldest with the exception of knockout ned at the oldest 17 like yeah, 16 like these are kids and they learn early and young guns are put in their hands at like the ages of five and six and they learn how to use them and they just live that life and you get this scene and you kind of are stopped in your track and you're like this is real this is what's happening in this city this is what has happened and i find that scene to just be like the most cinematically satisfying moment it's like yeah, a it's different heart- type of cinematic jerk-off material it's not the it's like necessarily yeah. the the camera movements and stuff because everything sort of stops in that moment like yeah. you're just lingering on this kid crying and this kid other kid that has to make this decision then he finally does with all these older kids kind of pressuring him into it it's insane it really is it really is um it's a good pick i i I didn't even think of that because I was sort of going towards like that satisfying camera movement uh, concept, which one of the one of the times that happens uh, off the top of my head is like uh, when it's I believe it is little Z's little Z's apartment, and you see the evolution of or. It's not Little Z's apartment. It's one of his underlings or something. I don't know. You see the evolution of the apartment changing, walls coming down, and like there's this the camera sort of moves within time in the apartment. Yeah, it's cool. But you also get to see the the rise of Little Z within that story. Yeah, it's cool how they Uh, do that, and they do it so fast. 
yeah they, like get all this information across really quickly in a matter of 30 seconds i also love the shot that opens and closes this movie where it's um rocket like bending down to pick up whether it's his camera right and it freezes and then spins with the cops on one side and then the gangs turn in the corner on the other side and he's caught in the middle of it yep. and like you don't know what's going to happen at the beginning and then at the end <laughs> they're just like take another picture of us yeah yeah um, uh, i like how they did the photography in this movie uh that that sort of fast-paced quick like shot you show you what you got and then back to him uh i mean they kind of use very much on purpose the the camera as a gun mm-hmm. as a weapon yeah yeah, yeah that's um, cool. and they do a great job with that but yeah this this movie has a lot of those really really cool moments um so the the two actors that play rocket and little z alexandre rodriguez and leandro leandro fermino Mm. who the older know, versions yes the older versions of of, of rocket and and little z i mean it, it wouldn't surprise me if you never heard of them before like these guys oh. i don't know what they like what their careers were like after that i'm gonna look right now um actually had i mean uh, decent, the, yeah decent, they're still uh, they're still doing stuff which, I, which is great I love that. I would hate for the, to see them have these great performances. I mean, in they're that, so good. They're so good, and then not to do anything ever again. Um, they're especially I think Little Z is Little Z, both really the child good. version and the adult version. Yeah, and and part of it too is I think his character is so interesting because he's clearly the bad guy in this movie, but like. I don't know. You just kind of like see his relationships and like you see how he gets there and you see like, I don't know. Keep in mind, this is the same guy who made that kid make that decision that you just talked about. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, which is one of the worst things you could do. And, and so casually. Yeah. To like laughing and at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. There's people have just no regard for human life or like are really only out there for themselves and maybe a few very close friends. And like by the, they, they end up in this gang war with knockout Ned and um, his gang, and by the, I think there's even a moment where like they there's like a news thing where they don't even remember what the war was about to begin with. Yep. And like that's just because they don't care. Like they've chosen sides, and they're in a war. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, for sure. And and if we want to get into performances a little bit, which I think we should. Um, yeah, those two are definitely highlighted, and the guy who played Knockout Ned, I think, did a great job as well. Um, Seo Seo Jorge, not sure. Yeah, um, those would probably be my three, and the guy who played Benny, I like. Benny that was guy really too. good too. Yeah, yeah I, I really like that. That was a different type of character that you really needed. He had to sort of stand out from the rest. Like he, he was. It was like his character was living in a different world, you know? Yeah, because he can just, like, stand up to Little Z without yeah. worrying about any ramifications. He's like, I love you. You're my you're my friend, but and I'm just, leaving. See ya. He's leaving, and, and he's, like, the only one that can do that. Yep. Um, I don't think that uh, actor has gone on to do too, too much. Huh? He's gotten 12 credits. 2010 was his last one, so it's been a while. 
So they were all in this TV show called City of Men. Yeah, I won't. Um, is this a? I'm wondering if this is uh, a realistic yet humorous looks at the lives of two, his two friends. Yeah, so it's kind of the same story, living in the dangerous slums of Rio. Um, and lasted two seasons. Wait, no. Why does this say 2002 to 2018? No, oh, it says City of Men 2002 to 2004. Oh, weird. Um, I mean, it would be, it be it like makes you wonder, like, could anybody get a good duck? I mean, I'm sure somebody could, but get a documentary about this, like, and have get footage of what goes on down there in these slums, and would it? be worthwhile after a movie like this yeah like the 13 lives question sort of right all over again but um i don't know i, I don't know if anyone could survive that <laughs> to be honest yeah which is well, which is scary i think rocket I mean, is a real character like though this is based on a true story it's based on this book by paulo Linz, um and rocket is a real person i think it's his like story that's being told um about becoming a photographer and getting these pictures and like um exposing the corruption so, and all that stuff that go that's a whole nother storyline that we haven't even gotten into is the corrupt police officers and everything in in the city of god now this would be and maybe there's something on youtube or whatever um but this would be this is what makes me miss uh blu-rays or dvds with making ofs oh yeah for sure I, I, that would be one I'd, I'd absolutely. I mean, like sometimes to see. you get it on demand when you buy the movies, but like not always. Yeah, and I don't. I'm just looking real quick. There doesn't seem to be behind the scenes. No, there's really nothing that I can find. That's. I mean, why would they? They probably barely got. They probably had one camera and couldn't use another one to make a behind the scenes. Well, another segment that we we um, have on here is is called we looked into it which is, you know, we tried right. to get some real information on the real story or the production. So essentially what we're doing now, we're yeah. currently looking yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, we, we're so, looking into it, not we yeah. looked into it. We, yeah, we're, we're looking, looking into it. Yeah, let's change that a little so bit. So that's when you just like, you don't hear Chapin for, you know, a minute or so. That's just him Googling some information that he'll tell us about once we've already moved on from the topic. That's that's we're looking into it. Um Let's get into a couple of these fun segments here. Um, yeah, that tie in a little bit with which I still like to do is you know who are um, who are we in this movie? Which one of the characters are we? We can do that, but this is the character you'd most like to have a drink or meal with in this movie. Which it's got it's got to be Benny, right? You think so? Our little yeah. Z. I wouldn't want to have a no thanks. Really? Yeah. You, you so it's funny because this movie get... is like surprisingly good for this question <laughs> yeah no i wouldn't want to be in any room with lil z i don't know what if you were benny though like what if you were well, his you're friend? not yeah but in this, this scenario this, you can't no this is this us. is just us I, yeah. I mean okay now are they coming to us for a drink or are we going to them <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm assuming we'd have to go to them okay so that's getting now it's getting tough yeah um so i'd want something very strong yeah um, well, too strong. You want to? You have to have, keep your wits about you. Uh, no, because I think I'm probably going to die anyway. Oh, okay. You've already assumed that. You've already come to that so, conclusion. Well, well I'm having the drink case. with Little Z. I went with Little Z. <laughs> you're, now you're sticking with your choice. I'm sticking with Little Z. I'm going to get real drunk, yeah. and I'm not going to notice what happens. <laughs> um, all right. What else we got on here? Um, 
I mean, there's some that don't. Re- so there's some that will be able to um, work in. Yeah, we can, in we can talk episodes. about some some of the other ones that- because we didn't have these until after we'd watched the movie. Yep. Um, but you know, so a, a joke that we've made in the past when watching a movie and you see somebody kind of awkwardly stand out, mm. it's the "Hey, I'm in a movie" moment, where like you just you're you're not reading the room, you're not you're not fitting in here, and so that's something we may catch in future movies that'll be fun to bring. One, up. one thing I could bring up right now is uh, what has Lee added to the Fixie spreadsheet this week? Uh, yeah. Um, so actually the other day I added this movie, uh, called Bardo, which is a new one from Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. So that part's exciting. Yeah. Um, it is a three hour movie with a current meta score of 51. A little (sighs) less exciting. Yeah. That comes out December 16th. Oh, um, I think I'm gonna so be. Sick it's on Netflix. That day. It's on Netflix. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously a director we love that has made some amazing movies, um, but a little concerned about where that one's gonna fall. But that's the most recent one added to the spreadsheet, um, which now has, uh, well, for you guys, you and Chapin have 190 movies left to watch. No problem. <laughs> um. um. 27 must-sees currently, but that can always change. So here's one we can both answer and to speculate about uh, yep. what's Chapin grumpy about today. Yeah, I'm gonna so this say, one's my favorite. I'm going to say he's grumpy about having to watch City of, the, of God. Well, but he... <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. So how far into the future can we go with this? Because he's going to be grumpy that we executed this podcast without him. Yeah, there's that for sure. That's what he's going to be grumpy. He's about. actually probably is currently grumpy about that. Yeah, that's true. That's not that far in the future. I think that I think that I might think be I, the answer. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> that we're doing the podcast without him. That he asked us to do without him. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. We got that. Um, anything else you watched this week? Um, I'm trying to keep up with the House of House of Dragons. All right, so, don't talk too much about that because I haven't I won't started talk, it yet. We won't, we won't get too much into that. Uh, other than that, nothing. I mean, it's, it is to be fair, football season just started. So we've been watching a lot of football. So I've been watching a lot. Of, I've, although I totally forgot about today's game, which kind of is yeah, nice. Easy one to forget. Easy one to uh, forget, and uh, we both have lost our fantasy game. So I, me and Lydia just finished uh, season three, um, which I suspect is the last season and should be the last season of trying, which is just a lovely show. Oh yeah. Um, we, uh, we're, we are watching season three currently. Um, just a little, I would recommend it to anybody. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's a, it's a palate cleanser for sure. It yeah. does have these moments that drive me totally nuts. Those sort of montage m- moments with the music coming in and it's just like, uh, it just seems it really, it really st- like sort of, st- stretches the uh uh imagination if you're watching it just to get from point a to point b yeah but that's okay like you just it's need okay. shows like this though that are the drama isn't overly dramatic like it just feels like a real situation that can be resolved and it's not uh, there's not a added issue in it to make the show more exciting like it just yeah. is you have good characters you have uh, a good story and we just finished season three um, 
and I, I, I think it's it will that will be the end of the series. Um, I think that's it seems like it should be. Yeah. I don't think another season is quite warm. Um, all right, so now we let's get back to some old segments here. Um, I think it's tough for this one. Who are who are we in this movie? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously a little Z. You think so? No. <laughs> I was thinking that you were like almost like little Z was trying to be like you. Oh yeah. I mean, he's not hard enough. He's not yeah. dangerous enough. <laughs> I mean, one of us has got to be rocket. I, feel I would like. say rocket and Benny would be the most. Am I Benny? Relatable. I don't know. I feel like I'd be Benny. I feel like you Let's... might be more rocket in this case. Okay. And where's Chapin in this knockout Ned? So knockout Ned, uh, like yeah. he's somebody that like doesn't want to be a part of it and gets dragged in. Yeah, he gets dragged in when something terrible happens to him. So that's going to be a little bit of like Chapin with these new segments. He's not going to want to be a part of the yeah, what's Chapin I, grumpy I about, and we're going to drag him back in and knockout Ned style. <laughs> yeah, I think Chapin's knockout Ned. I like that. And he hasn't watched City of God, so he's not going to know what that means. Well, he'll like <laughs> the fact that something terrible happened and he was dragged into it against his will. Oh, I always like, do think be, about that's like him out in likes. Oregon is that like he's he lives out in Oregon because in a previous life he lived in the big city and had a violent past and one of these days he's going to have to It's going to catch go up back. to him. It's going to catch up to yeah. him. Yeah. It's a little history of violence. It's a little like well, <laughs> what that movie with Nicolas Cage Pig should have been but just absolutely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that <movie> sucked. <laughs> um you've okay. made such a great meal. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Everybody goes to see that movie and thinks that it's going to be one of these Nicolas Cage gets like drawn back into his violent past and he just goes back to the restaurant that he worked at. So weird. Um. All right. Um. What do we got? 37 minutes. I can't, we can't do cinema sequence with this because we can't kick it off. I mean, no. Alice, Alice Braga is the only one in this movie that I could name another movie that she was in. And even Which that. I guess we could do. No, I don't. Need, I wouldn't. I'd be done right there. So let's just call you the winner on it. All right, Alice Braga is in Predators, which uh, also stars Adrian Brody. What? Yeah, I wasn't gonna get that. So, um, no, but I think that's good. I think that was a good podcast, even though it was forty minutes long. But you know, well, when there's two of us, it's always a little short. Um, tune in next week for what I believe is going to be Blonde. That comes out on Netflix on Wednesday. Andrew Dominic's new movie starring Anna de Armas. We're very excited about that, and it's NC-17 rating, um, <laughs> which I don't totally understand the like purpose of the rating systems on the streamers. I think it's only to get people to watch. I, Ooh, they they ooh, said they were surprised NC-17. that they got the NC. I oh, guess they yeah, have to say, like, "Oh, well, how did that NC-17? Well, we thought we did everything we were supposed to." Yeah. Um, all right, so Blonde coming up next. Chapin should be back for that one, uh, and hopefully, we'll have that out to you soon. We are rolling into the beginning of Fixie season. The Fixies, the eighth annual Fixies, will be coming in February or so. Live from New Orleans this year, which is very exciting. Um, and in the meantime, we've got a lot of work to do, so we will keep you posted on what we're watching. And email us at 
getyourfilmfixpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what the last movie, only other movie that we reviewed on this podcast without Chapin was since we got things back going again in 2017. Uh, and you'll win a special prize. It's like a DVD that we just have. <laughs> Regular DVD. Just the like the special features of our, uh, an old DVD. Yeah. The second disc. Yeah. Yeah. Just 